You're listening to The End Sunday Show. Leaving behind religious obligation to find a more authentic expression of Christ in us, this is The End Sunday Show. Hello, friends. Mikey Adams here with the Unsunday Show. I want to thank you for joining me on another episode of the Unsunday Show. Today, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about agenda driven groups, agenda driven small groups, agenda driven midweek groups, agenda driven Bible study groups, just agenda driven groups, I guess, in general. In the religious institutional settings that we find ourselves in, Very little is done by accident. There's usually an agenda attached to something, and ultimately, that agenda is there to support or enhance or bolster, if you will, the position of the institutional setting that we find ourselves in. In other words, the institutional setting is going to promote itself through our agenda-driven groups, whatever those groups are. It's ultimately going to be driven by the religious institution and sanctioned by the religious institution. In fact, if the religious institution hasn't sanctioned it, it's probably not going to happen. Or it's going to be advertised as, well, you know, we don't really support this. This isn't something that that we have sanctioned or you know, something along that line that, you know, this just this just doesn't really belong here. So-and-so is over here kind of rogue, and they're doing this on their own. But really, it doesn't uh, really enhance what we're doing as a group. For example, you know, small groups can be agenda-driven. I mean, let's just face it. That's the usual method is to make our, our small groups, our midweek groups, agenda-driven. And the agenda is usually set or usually approved by the religious setting that we find ourselves in. A lot of small groups will take the Sunday morning sermon and go over that and spend time kind of picking through it in a, in a hopefully positive way to glean more out of it. And in so doing, it, it's a subtle reminder to the people that the pastor's in charge and that he or she is the one in the know. They're the professional Christian, and so we're just here to glean more from what they said. Well, a problem with that is, and a problem that I've run into with that, is that if you disagree with something that happened on a Sunday morning during a a message, a Sunday morning sermon, and you say, hey, you know, I don't think that's correct, you can instantly be marked out as, you know, someone to kind of keep keep their eye on you and someone who is maybe a little bit of a rebel rouser and a troublemaker. And so, Again, it gets back to the issue of compliance, doesn't it? That we have to comply with whatever the institution says is true. But if you have an independent thought, um, watch out because the hammer can be lowered on you pretty quick. It can also appear in more subtle forms than that. For example, we have some friends who were in a, a weekly small group and one of them had a birthday, and so they were told, well, now you have to move to this small group over here because this is the age group that you're in now. 
Well, their response was, all of our friends are in this group, and we've been here forever. We've known these people since before this group was here, and this is where we want to stay. Well, they were pressured by the institutional church to, no, you have to move over here now because you've had a birthday and you're you're a year older, and so you need to conform to the standard that we have for our small groups, and you need to make this move. Well, they didn't want to do that, so ultimately they ended up leaving that institutional church setting, and the reason for that was the manipulation that went on to try to convince them to comply or to conform to the rules of the institution. In this case, the rules of the institution being you had a birthday, and so now you have to go over here because that's what we say to do. So you can't really be real. You can't really enjoy life with other people in that kind of an environment because it's agenda-driven. The reason that we're gathering together is to promote this agenda, whatever this agenda is, whether it's going through the Sunday morning sermon and rehashing that, or if there's a book that's been sanctioned by the uh, religious church, the religious institution that we're in, institutional church that we're in, and that book is said to be safe or thought to be safe because it doesn't threaten anything within the institution. And so we're going to go through this book, we're going to study this textbook, and we're going to read it, and we're going to talk about it. Again, it's agenda-driven. It's something that has been sanctioned by the, the institutional setting, the institutional church that we find ourselves in. Because remember, in an institutional church, in an institutional setting like that, conformity is the rule of the day. We've talked about in the past here on this show, we've talked about sacral systems and how that Rome was its own sacral system. And there was one emperor in Rome, and you couldn't really promote yourself against that emperor or promote yourself above that emperor and have independent thoughts because you would be punished for that. But we've also talked about how the church became a sacral system in and of itself, kind of a a religious sacral system or a Christian sacral sacral system, if I can use that phrase, where conformity was still the rule. You had to comply to what the institutional church told you to do in in a geographical setting. And if you didn't, you'd be punished for it up to and including death. Because Christian sacralism, just like secular sacralism, has to have compliance in order to exist. It can't exist if there's not compliance to the rules, if there's not conformity to the rules. It just can't make it. And so it has to coerce and force people into obeying the rules, or there's threats of punishment if we fail to do that. Well, on a much smaller scale, we find ourselves in the same kind of a situation today. Sure, we're not talking about you know, state-sponsored religious settings in most instances here in the West, at least. But we're talking about kind of a microcosm or a micro example of Christian sacralism, where once I join a denomination or some kind of an institutional church setting, I'm obligated at that point to conform to the rules. Because the rules are there in place, they will say, to protect you But really what it is, is it's ensuring the life and vitality of the religious institution above and beyond your own protection or your own safety. And if I raise my hand and disagree with something that's going on and, you know, I start to express my own opinion within that system, well, 
then I'm told at that point that it's dangerous for me to express that because I'm not obeying the rules. I'm not submitting to the elders. I'm not submitting to the pastors. I'm not complying or I'm not conforming to the set rules. And so this false guilt gets attempted to be placed on me that, hey, it's, it's my fault for having an independent thought. It's my fault for thinking independently, for using my brain to think my own thoughts. And what I need to do is to submit to the leaders, because after all, that's what the Bible says, right? And so I'm to submit to the leaders blindly and just kind of go along with what they've got going with their agenda. Well, that spills over into our small groups or into our midweek groups, because that same agenda gets applied, it gets enforced in some fashion to some degree within our small group settings or our midweek group settings. And so instead of just getting together and being together and, you know, being with our friends and talking about life and talking about what's going on with us in the moment, there's this underlying agenda that we have to get done. There's this underlying agenda that has to be accomplished in addition to that or in place of that. I can't just be real. I can't just come into the group and talk about what God's doing in my life today or what Jesus is doing in my life today, because ultimately we have to steer that conversation back around to the book we're reading or to the Bible study that we've got going, because that's really why we're there. We were part of a church years ago that said, if you have people over, if you want to practice hospitality, you haven't practiced hospitality if you don't open the Bible and talk about Scripture. And so people would immediately accept that because it came from up front. It came from the professional Christians up front who obviously know more than we do. And so it was just blindly accepted without question that, hey, you didn't really, you weren't really practicing hospitality Friday night because you didn't come up with scripture verses and talk about Jesus and go through these particular Bible verses that we think you need to go through. And so to them, it wasn't hospitality. That's agenda-driven community. That is pure and simple agenda-driven community where there's this underlying agenda that has to be accomplished. And if you don't do it right, if you don't get it right, what you've done is you've met outside the parameters of the institutional setting, and so it's not recognized as valid. And so we have so much religion imposed on us, so much religion imposed on the body of Christ that sometimes it's hard to distinguish. Sometimes it's hard to tell what's legitimate and what isn't because it's been so wed together. It's been so melded together by the institution that sometimes we have trouble with it. And when the Holy Spirit starts to work in you in such a way to open your eyes to it, and you start to see little bits of it here and there, and you start to say something about it, then that's when, you know, the real trouble can start because you're not conforming to the rules anymore and you can be marked as a troublemaker. You can be muzzled and told, well, you can't really speak here. You can't really be a part of this. You can just kind of sit quiet. And if you don't sit quiet, then ultimately you're liable to be, and you probably will be, removed from the group in some fashion or removed from the institutional setting in some fashion because at the end of the day, the institution has to win because the institution has to continue. And the life of the institution trumps legitimate body life, legitimate community, legitimate fellowship, whatever term we want to use. The longevity and the life of the institution trumps those things because it's more important. 
And so you can only live and thrive within the parameters of whatever the institution says is acceptable in our small groups. It's funny because as I was thinking about this the other day, my wife came up to me and she said, you know, she had some opportunity to go to this Bible study. She said, why do we have to have a Bible study? Why can't we just get together and talk? Why can't we just get together and and catch up with each other? Why does there have to be this Bible study thing going on? And and this is why, because it's agenda driven. We you know it's it's got to the point where even outside of religious institutions, if we're going to get with somebody, we don't know how to not be agenda driven, even if it's not associated with an institutional setting. Sometimes when we want to get with people, we think, well, okay, we're going to get with people, but it's not enough just to just to be with each other. We have to have something on the docket. There has to be something on the docket, some kind of an agenda, like a Bible study or a book study, you know, something that requires homework, something something that requires assignments. Something that requires more than just spending time together. But wow, what a gift to just spend time together. What a gift to just come together with others, with friends, with other believers, with unbelievers, with all of those within your life, and just spend time together. Boy, have you tried just having a meal together without an agenda? Yeah, we're going to have this meal tonight, but man, we got to get past the meal because we need to get to the Bible study. Or yeah, we're going to have this time of of just communion. We're going to have the Lord's Supper together in and around this meal. We're going to celebrate that together, which by the way, you can't do in most institutional churches because the pastor, the bishop, the priest, or whatever has to be the one to to do that. And it's been turned from a, a meal, from a feast, from a celebration into a sacrament because religion says now it's a sacrament and only you know these people up here can actually do it. Well, when you're in your home, and you are going to have a meal together, and you want to incorporate the Lord's Supper into that meal, it's a shame when we have to rush through the meal so that we can get to the textbook that we're studying, or so that we can have our Bible study, so that we can get to the real agenda. Well, isn't the real agenda to spend time with people? Isn't the real agenda to celebrate the Lord together? Isn't that the the real agenda, isn't that, at the end of the day, the only agenda? Remember, Paul said that the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself in love. But our religious institutions, this religious bubble that's been placed on the body of Christ keeps us from doing that. It makes us agenda-driven. And it makes us agenda-driven to the point that I believe that institutional church has trained the ecclesia out of us. You know, as the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the assembly, the congregation of believers, 2,000 plus years of church history, of religious history, has trained that out of us to the point where we're unable to just be together. And oftentimes what it takes is leaving the institution in order to be able to do that. And even when we leave the institution, it it can take years and years and years to start to root that idea out of us, to start to train church out of us and get back to just the pure body of Christ and what it means to be in Him, what it means to be with other believers, what it means to spend time together in a non-agenda-driven environment. 
that can take years and years and years to come to that point. I know because I'm still working through it. And people that have been out of the institutional church setting a lot longer than I have are still working through it because that stuff's rooted down in us. It's deep in us, and it's so ingrained in us, and it's such a part of our thinking because it's been pushed into us for years and years and years and years that we need to be doing it this way in this environment. And if it's not sanctioned by some religious group, it's not authentic. It takes years to train that stuff out of us. And to be able to recover the pure essence of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ apart from religion. To be able to express Christ in us apart from institutional Christianity or apart from institutional religion. So what we see in our institutional church small groups is an agenda-driven menu. That ultimately, at some point, you know, we've got this agenda, and this is ultimately why we are there, is to promote that agenda. And that agenda is what has to be gotten to, or we haven't really accomplished anything because, you know, it's not sanctioned by the institutional church without that agenda. And so it's thought that anything outside that agenda or any meeting outside of that agenda is false. It's not really valid. It's an invalid expression of Christ in you, and the opposite is true, because the institutional uh, setting or the institutional idea of our time together is so agenda-driven and is there to support the betterment or the advancement of the institution itself. So I just wanted to say a few words to you about that today. You know, I've been thinking about that. It's been on my mind a lot just how we're so agenda-driven in our groups and in our meeting time together. But you know what? To meet with your friends and your family and to spend time together is an extremely valid expression of Christ in you. Because as I said a moment ago, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself in love. So you all have a good day, and until next time, bye. Thank you for joining us on the Unsunday Show. To be a part of this ongoing conversation, visit us online at unsunday.com.